That was awesome. I've got five pages of notes for my sermon. She did all that by memory. That is incredible. I think we should give her a big cheer for that. What do you reckon? That was awesome. That was really, really, really good. I'm really looking forward to, uh, to speak to you today and over the next few mornings. This is going to be really fun. I, I'm, I'm really passionate about the stuff I've got to say um, over the next few mornings. I'm really excited, uh, particularly about what God has taught me. Uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that this, the stuff that I get to share with you today will be, a, will be very much an overflow of what God has been teaching me. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I want to start by saying, just before I even pray, is just... It is so awesome that those 600 people have gathered together to think about the Holy Spirit. Do you, just going to get your head around it. Do you realize what an important topic this is? This topic is so, so important that um, I'll, give you, I'll give you a quote from Packer, from J.I. Packer. This is great. Do you want to know how important the Spirit is? This is what he says. He says, Without the Spirit, there will be no gospel... No faith, no church, and no Christians in the whole world. <laughs> so it's pretty, pretty important. So what we're going to do is the next three mornings is uh, I'm going to look at the, at the Holy Spirit in John 14 to 16. Now, I want to tell you a little bit just as we start uh, what I'm not doing. So what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to, uh, to, to talk through John 14 to 16. I'm not going to exegete it all. So that is, I'm not going to step by step take us through John 14 to 16. What I'm going to do is I'm going to highlight just uh, a few verses in there and, uh, that are about the Holy Spirit, Jesus' words on the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look in depth at those verses and we're going to find out what we can learn about the Holy Spirit. So that's the, that's the plan ahead. You've got three talks there. You might turn to your book, which you already looks like everyone has. There's, there's very extensive outlines in there. If you look, look forward to that. Uh, so I'm going to pray, and after I pray, we're going to get into this, and I'm really looking forward to share with you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for sending us the Holy Spirit. We pray that you would please work in us and amongst us this whole week at Ancon by your Holy Spirit. Lord, I've been reminded this morning that, um, that I am nothing and you need no one to for your word to go forward. But I ask, Lord, that you would please fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me words to say. That would be helpful and that would, where people would be able to come away from the, this talk being more like your son, Jesus. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever felt distant from God? Have you ever felt distant from God? Do you know how it is? I want to put it out there. I'm, I'm sure you have. I have many times. But have you ever felt that feeling where, you know, you just, God just seems so far away? You, you kind of open up the, 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 the Bible and it's not, kind of, it's not kind of coming alive for you. It's kind of feeling like you're just going through the motions. You know, you know that feeling? You, you go to a, um, to a, to a small group. Uh, at EU and, you know, everyone comes out and they're all fired up and you're kind of like, well, God doesn't seem to be close to me at the moment. Have you ever felt that feeling when, when there's other people around you and they're all kind of really pumped about God? 
You know, they're like, woo, God, yes. And you're like, yes. <laughs> and everyone seems to be on happy pills. And you're just thinking, God seems to be so far away. When was the last time you felt that? When was the last time you felt God as being distant? When you felt God was not close? Perhaps it's now. You know, it's not unusual for people to be going to a conference and some people sitting here thinking, you know what, this kind of stuff is all interesting, but it's all kind of just going in one ear and out the other. And God doesn't feel close. I'm not sure if you've ever thought this, and I have before, and you may, you may have not think with me now. Have you ever just thought, you know, God feels so distant, Jesus sometimes feels so far away from us. Can you imagine, right, can you imagine what it would have been like if you could see Jesus, right? I'm talking about being there when Jesus was around. Can you imagine, just kind of get your head into that, right? Get your head into that space. What would it have been like walking around with Jesus? <laughs> Try and get your head around that concept. It is absolutely incredible. That would have been an incredible thing. Can you imagine? This is what the disciples got. Can you imagine being a disciple? They got to for three years... Walk around with this man, Jesus, the Son of God himself. Can you imagine that? Walking around, they could, um, they could reach out and touch him. Forget distant, right? That close. They could reach out and touch him. When they could see the emotion on his face. Like We read about it, but they could see it. Can you imagine how good that would have been? I mean, what would it be like? like you're there and, and you'd see a miracle, you know? I don't know which miracle you'd want to see, you get to pick one. I mean, he feeds 5,000. Can you imagine that? Imagine that. I mean, what would, you, what would you do, honestly, right? If you're with Jesus and you're just walking around with him. I mean, I just I don't know where to start. I, I think I'd, you can ask him any question you want, anything. Like, you can just go up to Jesus and say, predestination, let's go, Right? <laughs> Sure, sure, no problem, right? I mean, anything. I mean, it was pretty funny. Last night, I was just, just at the front here. I was chatting with Rowan, and, um, and there was a queue of people trying to talk to him and ask him questions, and his head was spinning. Rowan's like, oh, man, I just want to go to sleep. And there's all these people coming and asking questions. This guy comes over with his big... <laughs> Rowan, where are you, man? There you are. This guy comes over with his big, fat book and says, Rowan, I've, wanted... I've got some question here about Jesus being eternally begotten. And Rowan goes, oh, here we go. And then... Uh, Imagine that. You go up to Jesus, eternally begotten. Talk to me. And he'd say, well, you know, I was there before the beginning of time. And so you could ask him anything you want. Anything you want. What would it be like? I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you've listened to lots of sermons before, right? You listen to one now. But can you imagine listening, ready? Listening to a sermon by Jesus. I dare you to fall asleep in that, right? Listening to a sermon by Jesus. I mean, what would you do? I mean, would you just would you sit there and stare at him, or would you would you take notes? I mean, I guess if you're taking notes, you'd be writing the New Testament. But <laughs> I guess you would, wouldn't you? Oh, that's Sermon on the Mount. Oh, right, right, right. What would you do? Listening to Jesus. Imagine having him that close. I mean, what would you give? Come on. What would you give? Just a, just a time machine, right? Transport back there. Psh. I mean, I'd take a day with him. He, I mean, I'd do anything for that. I'd take, a, I'd take 10 minutes with him. 10 minutes. Would you? 
The disciples, right, they didn't have 10 minutes. They didn't have a day, three years with this guy. Three years following him around. And what's more, they would have been, uh, I'm convinced as I, read the, as I read the Gospels, the disciples would have been convinced that this is how it's going to be for good. We've got the Messiah with us now. In fact, they would, they would have known verses like Psalm 89, Psalm 89, passage of the scripture, where, where it says that David's offspring, Jesus, right, David's offspring will continue forever. It says his throne will be like the moon, established forever. And they've got, here he is, we've got him. They are with him now. Can you imagine then how they felt? Can you just get your head around how they felt when they hear the words of John 13, 33? Jesus gathers them around, right? These, they're like family. They've done three years together. They've given up everything. They've dropped their nets. They've, followed, they've given their whole lives to following Jesus. And can you imagine how, how they would have felt when they hear John 13, 33? Jesus gathers them around and he says this. He looks at them and he says, Children, I'm with you just a little while longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews where I am going, you can't come. I I need you to get into the head of the disciples here. How do you think they felt? That would have been like a big... Bomb, boom, in their world. What did he just say? He's leaving? We can't follow him? They've left everything. How would they have felt? How would they have felt they've had such close proximity to him? And I want to suggest this. I don't think it's too big a jump for us to feel how the disciples feel when we think about how we feel when we talk about being distant from God and feeling distant from Jesus. Because what we want is exactly the same thing as the disciples had. And that's this. What we want, what we are yearning for is close proximity to Jesus. Is relationship, deep, intimate relationship with Jesus. What we're yearning for, isn't that right? Is connection with Jesus. What we're, that's, what, that's the kind of thing we are yearning for. This is what the disciples are feeling like they're about to lose. And so we're in the disciples' shoes. And the disciples, they cannot believe he is going away. And if that line was not shocking enough, how about this line? This one, I think, is even more shocking. They are so shocked that Jesus is going to go away. And they hear this in John 16, verse 7. John 16, verse 7, Jesus says to his disciples, right? They're already still rattled from him going. And can you believe what he says? He says this. Friends, it is for your benefit that I go away. It is for your benefit that I go away. It is better for you that I go away. How can that possibly be? Can you feel that? Feel the conundrum here. How can that possibly be? Jesus is saying, it is better for you that I go away. Why? Why is it better for, for, for the disciples, for followers of Jesus, that he goes away? It's all to do with a person. A person that you guys have given up a whole week to study. And that's the Holy Spirit. 
Because the second half of that verse says this, right? It is for your benefit that I go away. And he says this, because if I don't go away, if I stay here with you, this, something's not going to happen. So he says, if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. And he says, that's why it's better that I go. Friends, if I haven't, if, if, you, you need to be convinced from Jesus that having the Holy Spirit is so, so important. And so what we're going to do for the rest of this talk is we're going to, if you're writing notes, you, you, these are going to be the two sections that you might want to jot down as we go. I'll just tell you the first one first. We're going to look at who is the Holy Spirit, who is this person, and then we're going to look at, at why is having the Holy Spirit better for us. Why is having the Holy Spirit better for us? You see, the first thing I want us to really feel is this, the weight of this. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is so important, right, that he has to go away so the Holy Spirit can come. Now, here's the question. I want to ask a bit of a provocative question. Here it is. If the Holy, do you agree that the Holy Spirit is that important, right? If the Holy Spirit is that important to talk about, here's my question, ready? Why don't we talk about him more? I'm just thinking about how, 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 how I even think and how even I talk about God. I think I talk about the Father a fair bit. I definitely talk about the Son a lot. But Jesus just said the Holy Spirit is that important. Why don't we talk about Him more? Um, I think there's at least there's, there's two quick reasons I, I might tell you. Um, I, I reckon the first one is this. The reason why in our Christian culture we don't talk about the Holy Spirit more is because, and Roman I think may have touched on this, but the Holy Spirit is a controversial topic. Let's just put it out there from the very beginning, right? The Holy Spirit's a controversial topic. Uh, churches d have divided over this kind of thing. And to put it, to kind of generalize, you, you've got, um, in, in the Christian kind of world, you've got two groups, I think. You've got one group... Uh, that, may be a, that, that, that people may accuse of speaking of the Holy Spirit too freely, too, too liberally, without enough biblical foundation. And then you've got another group um, who may get accused of, of, of not speaking about the Holy Spirit at all, or enough. Uh, now, depending on what kind of church you're from, you, it depends what kind of group you might end up in. In, in, the, in the kind of stream that I've grown up in, the kind of reformed evangelical stream, I'm more likely to be towards that latter group, the group that can be accused of not speaking of the Holy Spirit enough. Uh, in fact, there's all sorts of jokes. I heard one joke watched recently um, uh, the, the, about the Trinity. And um, I'm not sure if you heard this. The Trinity, right, they're, 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 they're getting together, the Trinity hanging out, Right? Trinity hanging out. And so they're hanging out and they're just chatting. And they think, you know what we need to do? We need to go on a holiday. We should take a vacation. And so they start talking and the father and the son, they say, we've got it. Here's an idea. Why don't we go to Sydney? And the Holy Spirit says, great, Sydney. I've never been there before. Now, you know what? That's a, that's a joke. It's a joke, right? And let me tell you, right? This, I'll tell you why it's just a joke and it's not true. The joke is not true. The joke is not true because, okay, the problem is not that we don't have the Holy Spirit. Come on, right? We've got the Holy Spirit. The problem is not that we don't believe in the Holy Spirit. Come on, we believe in the Holy Spirit. But here's what I think is the problem. The problem is this. I think that there's a problem, this is the second, prop, the second reason why we don't talk about the Holy Spirit uh, enough. Well, 
The problem is that I think we don't have the language to speak about the Holy Spirit. We don't have enough biblical vocabulary to feel like we can talk about Him freely, you know, to talk about Him safely and biblically. We need language that we can talk about the, so that we can talk about the Holy Spirit. This is something that's really, uh, I think, really important. Over the next um, three uh, talks, in fact, over the whole, this whole week, it'd be great if we had grabbed a whole lot of language that we could talk about the Holy Spirit really freely and, and, and frequently. Um, that's, that's one of the aims of this. But the question of how do we even talk about Him, if you think about it, how do you talk about Him? I mean, I had to ask myself this question, like, I mean, we, we, we don't have enough, we, we, beyond a few sentences, we're kind of stuck, right? You kind of say, okay, so, so someone comes up to you and say, um, you know, who's the Holy Spirit? What do you say? Um, well, he, um, he's God, <laughs> he, he's holy, <laughs> and he's the Spirit, <laughs> Right? What do we say? We don't have enough stuff to talk about. And so what I'm going to do now is look at these three verses where Jesus himself talks about the Holy Spirit. And these verses are going to blow your mind. Because we're going to see two things there. We're going to see who the Holy Spirit is, and then we're going to see why it's better having the Holy Spirit, uh, why it's better that Jesus leaves. So let's, let's look at John chapter 14, verses 16 to 18. John 14, 16 to 18 says this. I read it all. Uh, and I will ask the Father, says Jesus, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. If you quickly come with me, just the first bit there in, uh, in 16. Jesus says, and I will ask the Father, listen for this verse, see if you pick up a, a word that's really weird there, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. Hang on, did he just say another? Last time I checked, one Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to give you another one. I'm going to give you another comfort, comforter. Who is this another that he's talking about? Who's he talking about? Well, he's talking about himself. He's talking about himself. You see, what the Holy Spirit does is, the Holy Spirit is someone who is like Jesus. This is really important. The Holy Spirit is someone that is like Jesus. He kind of continues Jesus' work and he's like Jesus. He's off the same stuff of Jesus. In fact, there's three things you might want to jot down in why the Holy Spirit is another like Jesus. The first one is this. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person, just like Jesus. I think this is helpful. Uh, here's some vocabulary for your vocab, Holy Spirit vocab bank straight away. I, I, I think it's unhelpful. Uh, I don't think it's wrong, but I think it's unhelpful to be calling the Holy Spirit an it. Because I think I, I'm trying really hard not to. I'm calling him a he. Because a he uh, represents a person. You see, when it, when it comes to an, uh, an it... You call it, it a, um, this, is an, this is an it, this is an iPhone it, right? This is an it. Well, I'll tell you what I do with an it. I take stuff from an it. I do whatever I can to take stuff from an it. It's just an object. But a he, a person, you relate to. That's the first thing I want to say. The Holy Spirit is just like Jesus because he is a person. 
The second thing is this. The Holy Spirit is another like Jesus because he continues Jesus' work as a comforter. He continues Jesus' work as a comforter. This is a role of Jesus that I think we, we miss sometimes. Do you know, what, what do you reckon one of the most famous verses in John chapter 14 is? It's a verse that you might crack out when you're speaking to someone who doesn't know Jesus yet and maybe thinks there's many paths to following uh, to, to God. John 14 verse 6. What does Jesus say? He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, I always used to thought, I mean, I've grown up with that verse, and I've always used to thought, think, that's, that's Jesus making one of those big black and white absolute claims. He's out there going, no one comes to the Father except through me. And it is, no one does come to the Father except through Jesus. But if you think about it, I'm not sure if you realise, Jesus is actually answering a question. What's the scenario? He's actually got a bunch of really scared disciples around him. And he's comforting them. In verse 5, just before that, Thomas says, he's almost, he's almost at the verge of tears. He says, Jesus, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus is more like saying this. He says, Thomas, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Be comforted. It's incredible. That's an incredible position right there. Because you realize that in under 24 hours, Jesus is going to the cross in under 24 hours, he's going, to have, he knows, he's going to have Roman nails through his hands and his feet. But who's doing the comforting? Jesus is comforting the disciples. And the Holy Spirit is like Jesus because he continues Jesus' work as comforting, comforter. The third thing is this. The Holy Spirit is another like Jesus because he speaks truth like Jesus. He speaks truth like Jesus. Did you see what they call what you what the Holy Spirit's name is? It's in verse seventeen. In Holy in verse seventeen, the, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit. He says, "He is the Spirit of Truth." This is a um, a thing that's playing on something that happened in John chapter eight, verse forty four. Anyone remember what's the devil called? He's not the Spirit of Truth. He's the something of something. Totally, yeah, I can hear it. He's the father of lies. But the Spirit is the spirit of truth. That is, the father of lies, the devil is the father of lies. He's na- the devil's native language, his natural language is lying. That's how he causes us to sin. His natural language is lying, but the Holy Spirit's natural language is truth, just like Jesus. Friends, I want, to say, I want you to say that this, the Holy Spirit is the person who continues the work of Jesus. The Holy Spirit takes Jesus' work and he continues it. But if I can push this a bit further, I think he continues Jesus' work, but he kind of takes it, takes Jesus' work to another dimension. He takes Jesus' work to another dimension. And this is why it is better that Jesus goes. Because Jesus' earthly ministry, if I can say, is... Jesus' earthly ministry is incredible, wonderful, but he's at, in his earthly ministry, he's geographically bound and he's time-bound. He's geographically bound and he's time-bound. But the Holy Spirit takes Jesus' work and he takes it to another whole level. And so here's the next part of the sermon. Why is having the Holy Spirit better for us? I've got three reasons here, and I'm very, very excited by them. So get ready for this. Here we go. The first one is this. Why is having the Holy Spirit better for us? Having the Holy Spirit is better for us because it means that God is with us. 
God is with us. Friends, can I just tell you this? Having the Holy Spirit, I want you to feel the weight of this. Having the Holy Spirit means that you are never, ever alone. Let that sit for a bit. Having the Holy Spirit means that you are never, ever alone. Uh, one of the uh, interesting things that happens when, you, when your wife is pregnant is you watch, you watch her <laughs> and how she feels about pregnancy, right? You, all, the, all the phases of that. And I remember um, when, when Naomi was pregnant with our first uh, son, Reuben, and you should see how she talks about pregnancy. It's really... In, mate, I was going to say many people have been pregnant here. We're in the wrong audience. Okay. Pregn- uh, Naomi, I'll talk to you. Do you like being pregnant? No. You don't like being pregnant. Why? Out of interest. <laughs> uncomfortable. She feels uncomfortable, feels... Uncomfortable. <laughs> i got to be very careful what I say about my wife up front, right? She feels uncomfortable being pregnant, uncomfortable. Now, you know what? She, she really finds it very hard being pregnant. Most women do. But I'll tell you what, I, 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 I might come back at Naomi here and say, tell her this. Um, there was actually, I remember a time when she, she, she talked about how much she loves being pregnant. Now, that's different, right? Let me tell you when it, when it was, right? Um, I remember one night, Naomi and I were, we were, um, uh, were lying in bed and we were just talking. And it was around the time that, that Reuben was um, kicking just starting to kick, right? And, and you know what Naomi said? Naomi said, I love being pregnant. And I said, hang on. Really? You do now? Why? Why do you love being pregnant? And this is what she said. She said, she loves being pregnant. And this is a beautiful line, right? She said, because Reuben's just kicking, right? And she said, it's kind of like I'm, I'm never alone, right? It's, it's like, it's like she's, she, wherever she is, you know, there's Reuben inside the tummy kind of, you know, not, not making those sounds, but she's giving birth to a little robot. <laughs> right. Where am I? What am I talking about? Robots, birth, labor, uh, pregnancy. She's never alone, right? She's never alone. And it's, it's pretty funny because once the baby's born, then she kind of wishes he was back in the tummy because she needs to be alone. But <laughs> that's what it's like. Can we edit the recordings before Ruben listens to that one? <laughs> Do you guys realize this? Having the Holy Spirit with you means that you are never, ever alone. Do you ever feel lonely? Sure you do. Everyone does sometimes. Do you ever feel lonely? Know this, you are never, ever alone. I'm, gonna, I'm happy to stand up here and be a little bit honest about um, how, how life's gone for me, I reckon, in the last year. So I've just, I, it's my first job as a pastor, right? I've just started. And it's been surprising um, how I've reacted to that. I'm happy to get up here and tell you, I've, I think my, I felt the last year, I found it a pretty lonely year, to be honest. I'm not sure, I'm, I've been trying to work out why. <laughs> um, I'm surrounded by people all the time. I think, I think it could be just because I've, I'm not sure why really. I think it could be it's my, my friends or the people I minister to or something like that. I, don't, I feel like my world's gone quite small in terms of my own friends. I felt quite lonely. And this verse, this, this understanding of what the Holy Spirit does, He's with us, says Jesus. It's been awesome because it reminded me that the Holy Spirit, having the Holy Spirit with us means we are never, ever alone. But you know what? It gets, it gets better. 
It is incre- this is incredible. Je- Jesus says, not only is he with us, but check this out, right? This is nuts. This is totally blow your mind kind of stuff. John chapter 1, right? What is, what, what's the exciting thing that happens in John chapter 1? Right? The Word becomes flesh. You remember? Right? So Jesus chooses to dwell with humanity. That's nuts, right? That's the incarnation right there. Jesus chooses to dwell. I think the, the, the word is he chooses to tabernacle with us. He chooses to, to dwell, to make a home with us, with humanity. Now that was great. That is totally nuts, totally great. But you know what this is? What this is, is the next stage of great. This is the next stage of great because the Holy Spirit now, the Holy Spirit is not going to, he's going to set up a home, but do you know where he's going to set up a home, says Jesus? The Holy Spirit is going to set up a home, not just with you, says Jesus, but blow your mind, the Holy Spirit is going to set up a home in you. In you. If you are someone who follows Jesus, get your head around this. This is nuts. If you are not excited about this, I'm, you, I'm not sure what will excite you. The Holy Spirit, if you are a follower of Jesus, lives, ready? In you. In you. He's chosen to make a home in you. It's interesting because I think there's a, there's a play that's happening um, from, from a, thing that, a scene that's happening just before Jesus says this. Because the first thing I'm going to say is that so the Holy Spirit means God is with us. This point now is having the Holy Spirit means He is in us. And in John chapter 13, verse 27, you, you'll see the scene is really dark. It was, really, it was read beautifully. There's the whole scene. And do you remember Judas, right? Judas is about to portray Jesus. And what happens? Does anyone remember? What happens when he dips the bread? Yeah. When he dips the bread... Satan enters him. Do you remember that? Satan enters him. If I can use a kind of a strong word, it's Satan almost yeah, I can, Satan almost possessed him. Satan possesses him. That is, he's caused him to obey him and betray Jesus. I think there's a play on words happening here. It's a beautiful play on words. The Holy Spirit is in you, if I can, can I just, I'll just keep using that strong word if it's okay, it's kind of like the Holy Spirit possesses you. He owns you, follower of Jesus. He owns you. He causes you to obey Him. He causes your life to lead to obedience. I want to say something here that is this, this, is, this bit has blown my mind about, of this passage. That, I want you to realize this, and I think this is really true, that the Holy Spirit is in you, I think makes it harder for you to sin. I think it makes it harder for you to sin. This has been really important for me uh, as I've been preparing these talks. It's changed the way I've been thinking about life every day. I reckon not a day has gone past before without me thinking about this concept. I want you to feel the weight of this. Having the Holy Spirit in you, I think, makes it harder for you to sin. Because, it's, see, it's very hard to sin in front of someone. You know what I mean? It's very hard to sin when you remind yourself, the Holy Spirit is in me. In those moments when you're tempted and you're thinking, I've got some, I'm, 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 I'm tempted to do wrong, to remind yourself the Holy Spirit is in you will help stop that. To remember that He owns you. 
And, in, you know, I, I turned to a passage in Ephesians chapter 4. It was really helpful. There's a whole list there that Paul's exhorting us to godliness, right? He's encouraging us to godliness. And then it says that the devil's looking for an opportunity to cause us to sin. Uh, and the, I, think the, I think the devil does that by lying, as I said before. And what, I'll tell you a lie that the devil will tell you. The devil will tell you that, the, that God is distant, that God is distant, and he's up there in his control room and he doesn't really care if you sin or not because a lot of people are sinning anyway. No, no. The Holy Spirit is in you. And then the Ephesians passage, you know what it says? It says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Friends, you know when, you, when you're younger and you, you do something wrong and you know your parents are going get, to you know, get you busted, right? I'll tell you what, you don't sin, you don't do wrong in front of your parents, right? You, just don't, you don't do it in front of your parents. Not, and I'll tell you why, as you mature, you, you don't do it just because you don't want to get caught. But you do it ultimately because you don't want to grieve them, right? Because you don't want to grieve them. Friends, having the Holy Spirit in you should make it harder for you to sin. Because you don't want to grieve him. Don't sin, friends. What are you doing at the moment? What are the things, what are the sins that you are doing at the moment? If I can kind of come at you for a little bit, and myself too. What are the sins that you're doing at the moment in private that are grieving the Holy Spirit? What is it? There's so many things that can happen at uni, that kind of stuff. Are you, are you, are you getting drunk with the rest of the university? What is it? Don't do that. Don't sin. Are you... Are you are you having sex outside of marriage? Don't do that. Don't sin. Are you gossiping? Are you looking at wrong websites, unhelpful websites? Don't do that. The Holy Spirit lives in you. He owns you. Not only is having the Holy Spirit better for us because He's with us, not only because He's in us, but He is in us and with us. How about this? Forever. Forever. This is so powerful because it's in the context of, the, of Jesus leaving. And Jesus says here that the Holy Spirit the, will be with them forever. Friends, know this. The Holy Spirit in you is not just like a, it's not like a relationship when you, you know, you're going out and you're kind of just scared that the relationship's going to break up and someone's going to walk out on you. Right? The Holy Spirit is with you forever. You know what I can't wait to do? I can't wait for Reuben to be old enough, my, our son, to, where, I can, where I can tell him this and talk to him about this concept. He's just going through this phase at the moment. It's, it's kind of cute and kind of sad as well, where he's, he's really scared all the time when, he, when we close the door, when we, um, when we leave him at the end of the night, and he, gets, he starts crying and yelling out, Mama, Dada, it's really, really hard. And I just want, you know, I just doesn't understand the concepts, but I want to tell him, do you know that the Holy Spirit is in you and will never leave you? Friends, do you know that? And so this is why having the Holy Spirit is better for us. Having the Holy Spirit means God is with us. Having the Holy Spirit means uh, He is in us. And having the Holy Spirit means we can have Him forever. In fact, you know how I was talking about, how imagine how good it would be being a disciple. You know what I reckon? I reckon the disciples could well have turned around. They wouldn't have, but they could say, imagine how good it would be being a Christian in 2009. Right? You'd have the Holy Spirit with you. In you. So as I close, I want to ask you two questions. Two different groups of people, I think. The first one is this. Do you, do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you have the Holy Spirit with you and in you? Jesus says here 
in verse 17, he says, the spirit of truth, he says, the world, the world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But he says, these followers do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Are you someone here today who just does not know the wonder of the Holy Spirit with you and in you? Someone who just have no idea because you've never followed Jesus, never decided to follow Jesus. If, if that's you, can I just encourage you in something? This, I'm, I'm so excited that you're here. It's a great week to discover that and to work on that kind of stuff. Stick with it. Learn everything you can. I'm going to be talking a bit more about that on Thursday. But for the rest of us, here's the other question. What are you going to do next time you feel God is distant? What are you going to do when you feel God is so far away from me? I think a couple of suggestions here. One of them is this. Uh, and a wise minister told me this. He said, if you don't feel God's distant, one of the first ways to do things is to start obeying. Just to start obeying. And you might ask yourself, am I obeying God? The second one is this. Next time you feel God is distant, I, th- I want to encourage you to press home the truths that we've learned, that God is with us. He truly is with us and he truly is in us. To press home those truths to shape your feelings. One way you can do that is you can talk to each other. This is one of the beauties of Christian fellowship. We can together talk as we get more and more language about speaking with the Holy Spirit. We can remind each other, you know what, the Holy Spirit is with us. He's in us. And we can talk about that. We don't do that enough. If, if it's okay, I'm just going to stick my neck out here, just because I'm coming to the end of my sermon and I can run off the stage fast. <laughs> this is something that you may feel too, but I feel when I speak to my Pentecostal brothers and sisters. One thing I really love about, about them is um, when they talk about God, it's kind of like he's there. <laughs> Can I, is that, you know what I mean? They just, they, just, they just talk about him like he's there. Oh, yeah, God's doing this in my life. It's great. God's really taught me this. He's really rebuked me about this this week. I really love that. And I think we've got a thing to learn about that kind of thing. Because wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if we could speak such that that anyone who walked into the evangelical union, at any public meeting or any small group, anyone who walked in the evangelical union would say, you know what? That group of Christians, they really believe God is doing something with them. They are absolutely convinced God lives with them and in them by our language. Friends, if you have... I I would like to encourage us as the EU to be a group, to be a place that talks freely, talks biblically, talks positively about the Holy Spirit working in our lives. So friends, as I close, let me just say this, just to remind you. Friends, do you realize that you have the Spirit in a real, ongoing, everyday way where you have fellowship with God himself? And you know what Packer says? Packer says, we should settle for nothing less. So why don't I pray? And I'm going to pray using some of the words of that great song that, that Trev's just rehymned. And uh, let's, let's pray now. Heavenly Father, we just... Um, Thank you so much for your Holy Spirit 
Thank you, Jesus, for asking the Father for the Holy Spirit. Thank you that the Holy Spirit lives in us and with us. And so we pray the prayer of this song. O breath of life, come sweeping through us. Revive your church with life and power. O breath of life, come cleanse us, renew us, and fit your church to meet this hour. O breath of love, come breathe within, renewing thought and will and heart. Come love of Christ, afresh to win. Revive your church, revive the EU in every part. Amen. Let's stand and we'll sing.